today by His Holy Spirit and will feed you with the bread from heaven, the Word of God. You know, we thank God for good meals and steak and uh, pizza and all kinds of nice foods that God has created for our blessing and our enjoyment. But it is really true. We can't live on just natural food only. As spiritual people, we must have the Word of God. And it must, very importantly, also be a living Word. Praise God. We can't live on something that was you know, like a, uh, uh, a message from 20 years ago and the anointing was on it then, but you know, we have to find fresh bread, praise God. And the Israelites would go out in the morning and they would have to get the fresh manna. They couldn't keep it for an extended period of time. Praise the Lord. So we are trusting God for his word. I believe he's going to speak to you today and encourage you and strengthen you with faith. And you're going to move into the next level. I believe that I believe that you're in a season right now where you are breaking through to the next level of blessing that God has intended and has established for you to walk in. Praise God. We're going to talk about that today. But first, let us receive the holy tithes and offerings. Let's bring them into the storehouse of God with rejoicing and praise in our hearts. I would like to read a verse to you today from Psalm, excuse me, Isaiah 54. Uh, These will be verses 2 and 3. And I believe this is a prophetic picture of where you're at right now. Please listen very carefully to these two verses. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I believe that this is a season in your life of growth. I know that there can be times also of pruning, and the reason that a gardener will do pruning is because that branch is already producing fruit. So in order to increase the productivity of the fruit on that branch, there can be some pruning that takes place. And you know, any little twig or something like that has to get cut off because a twig is in essence just a little bitty dead branch and it's dead, but yet it's trying to get sap to be directed into it, but it's not going to produce any fruit. So there are times for pruning, but yet the normal course is increase, increase and expansion and enlargement. Praise God. You know, I was talking to a Christian brother recently, and uh, he works for the BP oil company. And I, I put a question to him. I said, you know, you had the oil spill. Uh, when was it? 2008, I believe. And it was a, uh, you know, it was all over the media, all over the news. And a lot of oil got spilled into the Gulf of Mexico. And, you know, it took a lot of money to clean that up. And I said, how is the company doing today? Has the company recovered? And as an employee of the company, he said, yes, the the company has uh, fully recovered. And we're actually in a better shape now than we've ever been in before in the history of the company. And if if you remember BP oil, they, they paid out a $19 billion settlement. That's how much, much the damages were. And so all the cleanup and then all the people and the industries that were affected by the uh, oil spill, well, that was $19 billion and they paid all of it uh, 
and they did a lot of uh, pruning. They uh, they just went through the corporation and areas where things could be tightened up, where they had more of a lean, mean machine. They went through that process, and today they not only have recovered, they're actually healthier than they've ever been in the history of the company. So during times even when it looks like you're not expanding that's okay those are times that God is putting your house in order he's helping you he's giving you wisdom and you are getting the your financial ship in the right direction and that's what God is helping many of you to do and so as you get lined up with the will the plan of God what begins to happen is that God sees your obedience And then now you go into another level of increase. Praise God. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. And if you ever have gone camping before and you have to set up your own tent, you put the stakes up, but you've also got to make sure that the tent is secured so a strong wind doesn't come and blow everything away while you're out fishing. Well, you get the long cords and then you get the pegs and you drive the pegs into the ground and you secure it. But this is a picture of the expansion of one's habitation, the enlargement of your, your, your business, the enlargement of your ministry, the enlargement of your, of your impact of your anointing. And so this is a time of increase for you. Praise the Lord. So what you're doing right, you need to continue to do right. And anything that still needs to be pruned or have, have attention given to it so that it is more productive and more efficient. You want to always be observing that and applying that. And you will see that God will continue to increase you and increase you. There's always something uh, to kind of work on. If I could say that you, you can have it running smoothly, but you still need to be watching, observing, knowing where your money is going, uh, keeping track, particularly if you have a business, multiple businesses, and you've got to watch all of that. It doesn't just run automatically. There's not an autopilot button that you can push that makes it all run. Things can go wrong. Things can go the wrong direction and something can derail and get off track. And you might not even know it until later if you're, if you're not watching it constantly. So I think with our lives, with our finances, it is something that takes faith. It takes a generous heart, a giving heart. And at the same time, we have to keep our hands on it. Keep your hands on the plow because you want to keep that all going in the right direction so that the Lord can continue to increase and bless that which he has entrusted to you. I see the increase taking place in your life. You don't want to go backwards. This is not a time to scale down. This is a time to increase because of your heart to serve the Lord, to impact more people, glory to God, to reach more, to allow the glory of the God to be evidenced in your life. I'm, I'm telling you, my friends, that sinners who are not spiritual and do not know the ways of God, they have to have proofs. In other words, there, there has to be evidence that they can see in your life that God is a good God. And if you say that God is good, come to God, he'll, he'll save you from your sins, but they're going to look at your life. Are you a reflection of the goodness of God or is your life representative of a disaster? Does your life represent that, you know, your God hasn't been treating you very nice. Well, we know that the Lord loves us. We know that we can, we can fumble the ball and 
sometimes not be the best ambassador for the gospel message. But all in all, when you're serving the Lord, living for the Lord, walking with him and in him, there's, there's the glory of the Lord on your life. And the unbelievers need to see that. Hallelujah. They need to see the blessing. Hear me today. They need to see the blessing of the Lord working in your life. You know, I talked to a, uh, a wonderful lady who's a very anointed prophetess, and uh, we were sharing some stories uh, about, uh, you know, ministry and things like that. And she said, she said to me, Pastor Stephen, she said, when I was growing up as a young girl, I, I just wanted to be a preacher. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to gr- grow up one day and be a preacher. And she, you know, she was kind of like, just uh, on track to do that, just on fire for the Lord and love the Lord. And, you know, she came from a wealthy family and uh, she had comfortable things and nice clothes and stuff like that. So she's sitting in church. She's sitting on the front row. Can you imagine that? A young person so hungry for the things of God, she's sitting on the front row. And uh, she said that uh, the church on one Sunday morning had a guest preacher come in uh, he's like the traveling evangelist and he comes in and he's sitting on the front row also because he's going to go up and speak. And so she's all excited serving the Lord. She's sitting on the front row too. And she noticed that uh, he kind of leaned back in the, in the pew, you know, just, you know, while the preacher was making some announcements, uh, the guest minister leaned back in the pew and crossed his legs. And uh, she said when he did that, she could see his shoes. She could even see the bottom of his shoes because he had his, uh, he had his, uh, his legs crossed. And she noticed that on the bottom of his shoes, his shoes were completely wore out. He had, he had holes in his shoes that were that big on the bottom uh, where the, uh, the sole would be at. And he had taken cardboard and slid cardboard into his shoes so that uh, he's not really walking on the dirt or ground outside, but he's, you know, at least walking on cardboard. And she said, she said to me, she said, Pastor Stephen, as a young girl, when I saw that, she just said, Lord, I want to serve you. And I'd like to be a preacher, but I don't, if, if being a preacher means I've got to go around with my shoes wore out, she's just like, Lord, I don't know if I want to. I don't, I don't think I want to do that. So it, she thought that that meant she had to be like that. And so for her, that was naturally a big turnoff. Actually, who wants to go around walking around barefoot, especially in the middle of winter? And so she kind of, you know, pulled back for, for, uh, from her place of zeal. Oh, all in all, she's still in the ministry today, full-time preaching, traveling the nations, and prophesying here, there, and everywhere, uh, very anointed of the Lord. Uh, but she realized that that was a wrong representation of the Father God. And there are even some ministers today that don't understand the financial covenant, that God will take care of you. If God truly calls you, he'll take care of you. Remember Jesus, he sent out the 12, but he also sent out the 70. And as you know, these, these men come back and they're giving, they're giving reports of what God has been doing, the miracles and so forth. Jesus asked them point blank, when you went out, did you lack anything? And they said one word, they said, no. See, if the Lord sends you, God is obligated to provide. Now, if you send yourself or you're completely ignorant of the covenant, woo, that's hard plowing. 
Oh, that's a hard road to hoe. Praise God. Thank God for the knowledge of his word. Some have been called and did not have knowledge of the word and they persevered and pushed through anyhow. Bless their hearts. I commend their courage and their toughness. But my friends, we have to walk in the light of God's word. God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be blessed. You need to really let the Holy Spirit scan your heart and remove out of you uh, any seeds sown into your thinking or into your heart that would suggest to you that you uh, should somehow suffer and not have enough, that somehow people seeing that, that it glorifies the Lord. Well, I would suggest that it doesn't glorify the Lord. I would suggest that it confuses people. Praise God. I mean, after all, what would you expect of me? If I actually sat here Sunday morning before you and had a wore out t-shirt with, that was just all tore up and I'm wearing that, not because I think maybe this is cool. I'm trying to connect with the youth. No, I'm wearing that maybe because that's all I've got. You would think, wow, he's really not doing very good. <laughs> you would think there must be some kind of a disconnect uh, between him and the Lord that he serves. Why is, why is provision not flowing? I mean, when even raw basics are not being met, what's going on here? Something's really wrong and off here. Mm, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But my friends, we are in the word of God every week, studying the word of God. We're letting God's word form our theology. We're letting the Bible and the verses of the Bible form our doctrine. And that's what we're holding on to. And so when you go throughout the scriptures, you see the increase, the expansion of God that is in relation to your obedience to God's directives and commandments. So today, let's honor him with our tithes and offerings. I believe you're in a season of enlargement, of increase. And you need to be thinking about increase, not shrinking down, not shriveling up, not, you know, just like uh, reducing everything down. Don't do that. This is a time to increase because of the glory of God that is getting greater and stronger. And so you need to move forward and you need to have increase on your mind because we are on the edge of the great Feast of Tabernacles that has been foreshadowed throughout the scriptures that is coming to the end time church, a time of a great in gathering of souls and a time of great empowerment for the body of Christ. So it really is a time for us to be moving forward in the things of God. So some of you in order to support the work of God, to support this ministry, you really need to let the Lord prosper you and take you into the fullness of your Canaan land experience. Hallelujah. The land of milk and honey. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, the scripture says, I would have fed you with the finest of wheat. That's what the Lord told his people that if they would have obeyed him, he said, I would have fed you with the finest of the wheat. You would have had the best of the land. But my friends, we're going to follow the Lord all the way, serve him. And he's going to continue to pour out his blessing in an increased way. And together we can touch the world with the gospel. There's a purpose for your prosperity. God wants you to be in the overflow so that you can be a kingdom financier. Glory to God. And we're going to do some amazing things together. We're going to do some amazing things because God is going to be bringing also amazing wealth into the life of so many of you that are watching. Praise the Lord. It's for purpose. It is for the glory of God and for the preaching of the gospel and also 
not just for the preaching of the gospel so that people can be saved. But my friends, it's very, very important that we give attention to the body of Christ and to those who have not had the privilege and the great experience of hearing the teaching of the message of faith, how you can take faith and use it as a, as a uh, electrician would use tools to hook up power. And then you can enjoy electricity and air conditioning, have a refrigerator, but you have to have the tools to make all of that work. But you can use faith as a tool and you can begin to manifest the most wonderful things in your life. So we want to build up the body of Christ around the world. And that takes teaching, 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 teaching continually and all the time. So my friends, we have a lot of work to do. We're going to do it together, but these great blessings, they all come out of the obedience of honoring the Lord with our finances. So let's do that right now. Let's bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of the Lord. Now, if you want to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, PO Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code is 28117. Now, if you would like to bring them in online, you can do that at any time by visiting the ministry website, www.stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now and bring them into the storehouse of God. Praise the Lord. I, I really do see that enlargement, the Isaiah 54 enlargement upon your life. This is your season. This is your time to shine. I want you to believe that, and I want you to go forward with expectancy that you are breaking through. Praise God. Now, Father, we thank you that there is an anointing of increase. There is a real tangible anointing of increase. Now, Father, let that be on your people. Let that anointing touch your people and lift them up into the fullness of the calling that you have for them as individuals. Lift them up, O oh God, into the fullness of their calling. Let prosperity be theirs. Let them come into financial fortune unlike anything they've ever experienced before for your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. We give you praise and honor. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, my friends, let's go over to the Gospel of Mark today. As I have mentioned uh, many times, the Mark's Gospel is actually my favorite gospel. They're, they're all wonderful, Matthew, Mark, uh, Luke, and John. But I particularly love the Gospel of Mark. I spend a lot of time there studying, and I want to talk today about how you can break through to the next level. There are some things revealed in Scripture that you can specifically do that will help you to break through. And trust me, there's opposition. I think we all understand that. But there is a power to break through. There is an anointing to break through. Remember Isaiah 10, 27. It is an anointing that comes from above. It is from the Lord. And what the anointing does is it removes burdens and it destroys yokes. So just the touch of the anointing, one touch of the anointing is able to take you through. And I believe that touch is coming from the Lord and you need to be expecting it and you need to be ready to go through because your breakthrough is going to come suddenly. So, so today we're going to be in Mark chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 46. And let's open up today with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. 
that it is alive. It's charged with power. And we ask, oh God, that the rhema word, the living word come forth because that's what we live by. It's that fresh bread. Now we thank you, Father God, that you can take this word today as a sharp sword and you can help us divide between spirit and soul, between what is genuinely of you and what would be emotional or soulish realm. So Father, we want to walk uprightly and circumspectly. We want to be busy about what you have called us to do. So Father, as we listen to your word today, let the anointing for breakthrough come upon our lives. That power from on high. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And around the world today, we all say, Amen. Praise God. Mark chapter 10, verse 46, it says, Now they came to Jericho. Now Jericho, of course, is one of the oldest cities in the world, documented as being well over 5,000 years old. And Jericho is basically known as the city of palm trees and palm trees in the scripture always up. uh, They always symbolically represent righteousness, uprightness. So this is the city of the palm trees there in ancient Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Now this of course would be Jesus with his entourage and a great multitude following along. We see here that blind Bartimaeus, Bar of course in Hebrew meaning son, the son of Timaeus sat by the road begging. So let's keep in mind with Bartimaeus that this is a Jewish person with a Jewish name. He is a person who has all the blessings of Abraham in his inheritance. But yet you can be in a place where you are a child of God and you have a, an inheritance, you have a right to it, but yet, yet you find yourself in a condition where you're actually not experiencing it. You may even be in a situation that's so negative, you're even reduced to a place of having to beg. Now, what the Lord is doing in this day and hour is He's putting an emphasis on the truth that the church is called to be kings and priests. Okay? So remember that because kings don't beg. Now a king may need to ask for something, but he'll ask respectfully. But a king, you will not find groveling or begging. And God really wants us to come into this understanding that we are kings and priests. And if you really believe that you are a king and a priest, then then my friends, there is behavior that is associated with kingly conduct. Okay, there is behavior associated with that of being a priest. And even Peter said in his epistle that we are a royal priesthood. So I want you to never have a beggar's mentality because that's not who God has called you to be. If you need help, ask for help respectfully, but don't don't de- degrade yourself by begging. Don't reduce yourself to that place, even in de- desperate times. And I know when there's great trial, some people, they lose character. They get over in the flesh and they do things that are carnal to try to find answers and solutions to their dilemmas. But my friends stay in the spirit, stay in the faith, in, in the faith of God and believe the Lord and hold on to your, uh, uh, onto your dignity. See, the Lord will never cause you to lose dignity. 
the, the devil, he loves for Christians to do things where they, they embarrass themselves or they, they get themselves in a bind and then they do something in the flesh to try to fix the problem. And they, you know, they grovel or beg or, or, you know, or things like that. My friends don't do that. Stay in the spirit. God will help you regardless of your condition. Even if it's very uh, extreme and important, hang on to the Lord. Don't, don't get out of character. Remember you are a King and you are a priest. Compose yourself in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus had composure. Even when he was before Pilate, even when he was before Herod, when he was mocked and insulted, he still had kingly composure. Hallelujah. Let's continue on today. We see that uh, Bartimaeus, he's begging. Now, verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Well, we understand that faith comes by hearing. What do you suppose that Bartimaeus heard about Jesus. Well, you hear in relation to what you need. Okay. So what does he need? He needs, he needs his eyes to be opened. He's blind. He cannot see. And so he has obviously heard something about Jesus of Nazareth that many have declared and believe that he's the Messiah, that many multitudes have been healed that many blind people have been healed. And so he's heard these reports. I mean, if you just sit around and people pass by you or stand around you and you, you know, you, you hear their conversations. So what's the talk of the town? What's the talk of the country, Jesus and what Jesus is doing. And so he's hearing all of this. And when you hear faith comes. And so when you hear the good news, when you hear the good report, so it's very, very important what you are allowing into your ears, because if you hear junk, garbage, gossip, and you you just let all that stuff come in, it will bring confusion. It will bring strife. If you hear uh, all bad news, then it will bring, uh, it will bring a spirit of fear. So be very careful about what you allow to come into the gates of your ears. So he has been hearing good things that has produced faith in his heart. He is now ready to release his faith. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Praise God. Now, Jesus today is not confined to one place. It's not like that if we need a miracle, we have to, you know, get on a connecting flight and go to New York, and then from New York, uh, fly to Tel Aviv, uh, get off the plane at Tel Aviv, and catch, catch a van or a taxi, go from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and finally, we can sit around and hope that Jesus walks by. Well, we don't have to do it that way anymore. The power of God can come and meet you right where you're at. The Holy Spirit now is in the earth. The presence of God can be manifested anywhere. So you need to be aware of that. This can happen even outside of church. You don't have to be in a church for this to happen. You don't even have to be in a a gathering of believers together. You can be in your living room. You could be sitting in your car eating your lunch. And yet, here in a sense, the Lord comes passing by. 
with the power to heal, with the power to bless. So whatever your need might be, he's obviously, uh, Bartimaeus is really into the healing thing because that's what he needs. But I, I do need to submit to you that whatever you do need, certainly Jesus is ever, is, he's, he's able to supply it as long as it is in his will, as long as it's according to the plan of God, then, you know, he's open to doing it, but you're going to, you're going to really need to pull on the Lord. Okay. In other words, Lord, don't, don't pass me by Lord. Stop Lord. Your presence is here. Lord, I'd like to talk with you about this. And as I mentioned, if it's not God's will, the Lord can certainly tell you that because you had the two brothers out of the apostles that went up and talked to the Lord and they said, Lord, we want to ask you something. And the Lord said, what is it that you want me to do? In other words, he has ability. He has power. Jesus can, he can sign the check. He can make it out. What is it you're asking? And they put forth their request. And he said, well, that's, that's really not up to me to decide that belongs to the father to decide who's going to sit on my left and who's going to sit on my right in, in, you know, my coming kingdom or what we would known as the, uh, as the millennial reign, the 1000 year reign of Christ. When he does literally reign physically from Jerusalem, David will be king over Israel. King David, you'll see him govern the nation of Israel. Each one of the apostles will be over one of the 12 tribes and the Lord Jesus, according to scripture will rule over the whole world. And truth be told, we're not that far away from that. I know it's on the other side of the great tribulation, but the whole tribulation uh, period is only seven years. That's not very long. How long till we get th- to that phase? We're not quite sure, but we need to keep on staying busy in the things of God. Hallelujah. But all in all, it's not far away. So we really need to stay focused. So you could ask the Lord, you could talk to the Lord. You know, it's, it's very easy to miss the Lord when he's passing by. I know, I know that we think, well, if I was Bartimaeus and the Lord's passing by, I wouldn't miss that. You know, a lot of things happen though, that, that we can still, we can miss it. I've had the, I've had the, the presence of the Lord come to me so strong. One time he came to me so strong and he started to talk to me out of that presence. Remember if there's a presence, there's a person. Does that make sense? If the presence of the Lord is there, he's there. Well, Pastor Stephen, how could his presence be here and yet be over there in another state and then over there in a different church and then over here in somebody else's house? Look, he's God. You let God take care of all of that. He's omniscient, omnipresent. He can be everywhere at once. Absolutely. Now we can't, but he certainly can. So when the Lord's presence is there, you really need to give full attention to those moments. You cannot make those moments happen. There, there are times I spend hours and hours in prayer and there's, there's a, com- there's a comfortable, how can I say light presence? I enjoy the Lord. The Lord enjoy, enjoys me, but it's not like, Oh, overwhelming glory. You know what I'm talking about? This is just normal. It's normal devotional time and you, you put your time in and it's great, but there are those other times there are those other times when the presence comes and he's there in it. And not only is he there, he's talking, he's talking. I had the Lord come to me one time with strong presence. I, of course it was completely unexpected because I don't know when these things are going to happen, but he came with such strong presence. It was actually one time after I had finished uh, recording one of the Wednesday morning, morning glory programs 
And after I had finished recording it, I had, uh, uh, and the program was, was done. I went back and I was going to go sit down and relax. And when I did the presence of the Lord came and he began to talk to me and he shared, he shared one thing with me that meant so much. And it was so sacred uh, to me. I, I don't think on this side of the, this side of eternity, I could, I could ever share it. That one thing he shared to me was so valuable and it meant the world to me. It meant so much to me. And I got so happy that he shared it. Guess what I did? I got up and I, I walked out and I thought, well, he, he's, he's finished talking and I went to start to go do some other things. And then I started to go do this other thing and I was a few minutes into it and I realized, wait a minute, I think I walked out in the middle of a conversation because, because what I was going to go do, there was absolutely no life in it. See, we do our normal work. Do you understand? For me, I do my ministry work and I love it. I, I love ministering the word, but I do that. And then when I'm finished, I'm happy that now I can maybe go do something that, that, that I would like to do. That's just kind of like free time stuff. Well, I thought that was one of those moments. The Lord had talked to me. I had heard what he said and I was so happy with what he told me and so blessed. Well, I thought that was it. I walked out and I went to go do one of my, my fun things. And I started doing my, you know, my, my fun thing. And I realized this is, I'm not getting anything out of this. And I realized, you know what, as I just mentioned, I think I just walked out of, out of the middle of a conversation where the Lord was talking to me. And I went back and I, and I right to that spot. And I said, um, Lord, uh, I have the feeling that you weren't done talking. And then I realized that there was a little more that he wanted to share, but guess what? The presence was gone. He, in other words, he had passed by. So Bartimaeus is going to stop the Lord when the Lord is there. So do we have moments like Bartimaeus did where the Lord is literally walking by where you could see him and yell physically with your own voice? Hey, Lord, stop. Uh, not, not until he comes back physically on the planet. Okay. And that's going to be a little while, probably not that long, but it, it's still going to be a little while, but you do need to understand he can still pass by with his presence. He can meet you anywhere you're at. And the, these type of uh, events, they can happen anywhere. And when that presence comes forth, you need to be, I, I'm just going to try to help you with something. You need to be fully committed to drop anything, drop everything and listen to him because you cannot make him talk. You cannot make him manifest. So when there is a manifestation of his presence and he's talking, just, just stop everything. If you have to turn your phone off, uh, just don't pay attention to anything else. You can, you can catch everybody else up later to speed, but just stop everything, stop everything and, and give him your full attention until he's done. And usually I'm, I'm good at that. When the Lord is sharing something or there's a manifestation of his presence, um, then I, I, I'm on it, but there, there've been a couple of times I've actually have not caught everything he wanted to say because I thought, I thought that was it, but it wasn't it. Praise God. So you want, you want to be like Bartimaeus. Don't miss that. He's passing by. Oh, I've got a few more minutes. Let me finish this program. It's only, it's only got three more minutes. Then it'll be over. I can guarantee you in three minutes, he will have, he will be gone and you can't See, he's, he's traveling in the spirit. He's passing by in the spirit. You turn that program off three minutes later. You can't, 
make yourself get in the spirit to catch back up with him. So you have to be willing to drop anything. And that's really why your walk with the Lord needs to be a walk that's continually surrendered. There, there's a lot of things I like to do, but I don't have anything in my life anymore that's like a, um, a set thing where I just like, you know, this is when I do this. I go to the gym every day at eight. Well, I don't have stuff like that in my life anymore because if I, and I'm talking about optional stuff, I'm not talking about work. You understand that, right? But just free things, optional things. I don't have stuff like that anymore because anytime I've tried to have something established like that, the Lord would break in on it on purpose because he wants to be Lord over all. And if I wasn't willing to lay something that I loved down, he wasn't willing to talk to me. So that was just something that the Lord has worked out in my life. And if you want to catch those moments, you really do need to be in that place. That's why you, you really do have to come into a place where you take up your cross daily. You deny yourself daily and you follow the Lord on an ongoing daily basis because you never know when these things are going to happen and you want to be able to respond. And if you're trying to live your own life and you're going to live it no matter what, and nobody's going to interrupt you while you're doing your thing, the Lord, uh, he'll let you just go right on ahead. So, uh, and you could see him passing by and not respond. I told a brother one time, I said, I said, the Lord shows me the Lord shows me by the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a visitation, and it's coming very, very soon. I said, you need to prepare your heart for that. Okay, Pastor Stephen, thank you for that prophetic word. Thank you. I'll let you know what happens. And two weeks went by, and, and he came to me, and he, he, was, he looked very sad. And I said, um, I said, brother, what's wrong? He said, oh, Pastor Stephen, I, he said, you gave me that word, but... He said, I, I didn't really like think for real. I, I didn't really know for real that like God was going to like walk into the, in, into my room. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I got home from work. He said, I worked a 12 hour day. I, uh, I pulled into my house, got my, got my mail, went into my house and noticed that that day, a, a magazine on watches had come in and he, you know, he really liked watches a lot. And he thought, I'm just going to, you know, I've had a good day of work and I'm not really hungry. I'll, I'll eat later. I'm just going to sit down right now and I'm going to read my new watch magazine. And so he sat down in his chair and he opened it up and the Lord passed by with that, with an on uh, pastor Stephen, how do you know when, when is the Lord? Trust me when he passes by, you know, you just, there's you, you will know. And so he said, he said to me, Pastor Stephen, the Lord, the Lord's presence came into the room and I knew unmistakably that Jesus wanted to talk to me. I said, what'd you do? He said, Lord, I just started reading my magazine. Uh, I want to read a little bit longer. Then when I'm done, I'll talk to you. And he said, I, he told me he read for 45 more minutes, put the magazine down on the shelf and said, Lord, now I'm ready. What do you suppose happened? He said it was just emptiness, just him alone in his house. I have to, I have to be honest with you. I think the Lord was coming into his room to ordain him into ministry. I knew for a fact he had a teaching anointing. I, uh, I, he was one of my church members. He was the most faithful, loyal tither and giver. He was the most gener- generous giver in the church 
generous, generous, generous. And I think the Lord was actually coming to ordain him with a ministry anointing. And he missed it for the sake of reading a magazine. Oh, I, I don't look down on him. I've, I've had, I've had some, a couple of times I've gotten pretty good at it, but I've had a couple of times where I missed something. Mm, hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo. It is possible to catch it later, but all I'm trying to say is you can't make these moments happen. You can't make these things happen. And so when the Lord's passing by, you need to be like Bartimaeus. And he, I mean, this guy just got loud. He got loud. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he's crying it out really loud. And of course, uh, everybody in the crowd, including Jesus, knew what that phrase meant. Son of David, the Jewish rabbis, the, the sages, they had taught that when the Messiah does finally show up, he will be classified as the son of David because scripture taught that the Messiah would descend through the Davidic line. That means he's coming down from the tribe of Judah. Okay. And so he would be a descendant directly also through King David. So he would be called the son of David. So everybody knew what that meant when Bartimaeus is saying, son of Jesus, son of David there, they understood. And of course the Lord did too, that Bartimaeus is saying, Jesus, I, from everything that I've heard about you, I can't see, but everything that I've heard about you has convinced me really that you are the Messiah. And so he's proclaiming that. And Jesus, of course, understood that as well. Verse 48, you, you know, Jesus had a lot of people call him other things that weren't very nice. So it's nice to hear uh, somebody identifying the Lord truly for who he is. Verse 48, then many warned, warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. The distractions haven't gone away. In 2,000 years since this event took place in the life of Bartimaeus, today there's still so many distractions, so many voices saying it's for others, but it's not for you. It's just, you know, it's, this is not, this wasn't meant to be. You have to accept the, your role in life, and that's, you have to learn to live with this thing or whatever the case might be. And so there's distractions, there's blockages, you have all of these things. And it really is up to you because at this point, the Lord's still walking. He's still, he's still, he hasn't stopped yet. He's still walking. And so when that presence comes by, you really need to apprehend the Lord. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Pastor Benny Hinn talked about the experience he had one day where he was just kind of, um, you know, just hanging out and he went in, he went into a vision and the Lord was walking by and he heard all of the saints from heaven, the cloud of witnesses shouting to him, ask the Lord for an international healing ministry. And Benny Hinn was like, you know, am I supposed to do that? Can I do that? And all the, all the saints from heaven, the cloud of witnesses were shouting, ask him, he's passing by, ask him for an international healing ministry. And he did. And of course he walks in that quite strongly. My friends, when the Lord is passing by, if something is trying to distract you, get more adamant. Uh, that, that's usually when the phone starts ringing off the hook. That's usually when somebody will knock on your door and they want to, they want to sell you something or, or they want you to come join the Jehovah's witnesses or something like that. They're knocking on the door. 
that's not the time to answer the door that's that's the time just to press in with everything you have put all your focus on the Lord and don't miss don't miss your encounter this could be your moment to ask because remember all it takes is one touch one touch of the anointing and you're you're through one touch of the anointing you're healed one touch of the anointing your financial dilemma is over one touch of the anointing and you have your miracle that you have desired and longed for so you you have to be very very aggressive to get into the Lord's presence and to get his attention praise God praise the Lord I, I somehow the enemy has an ability to try to distract when it's go when these epic moments happen in your life somehow the enemy it's almost like he uh, works through people or allows bizarre experiences he creates bizarre distractions to happen and you have to be very very um, strong in your faith even Bartimaeus it says he got louder he's already loud now he's getting even louder still and you're just going to have to really go for it and push that out get past these distractions praise the Lord this is your time this is your opportunity Lord we give you praise then many warned him to be quiet but he cried out all the more son of David have mercy on me I mean they warned him I mean what are they saying hey we're going to kick you <laughs> if you don't shut up we're going to drag you out of here if you don't get quiet so he's he's like well if you're going to try to do this I'm going to really I'm going to get even louder and so you really have to do that Lord Lord I'm right here praise God praise the Lord thank you Jesus verse 49 so Jesus stood still that's very very critical he stood still he was walking and he wasn't going to stop remember that remember that when the Lord's presence comes if the Lord's presence comes real strong like that he's there for a purpose and so let everything else get pushed to the side these are sacred moments praise the Lord when Moses had his encounter with the Lord his commissioning even to go to Egypt as God's man to be a deliverer for the for the Israelites in bondage you know he stopped because of the presence of God the fire of God on the bush and the voice coming out of the bush so you have to you have to just be willing to stop these other things they can they're they're temporal we can we can catch up on it later or take care of it later but these are these are destiny moments that you must capture so Jesus stood still that's our responsibility that was Bartimaeus's job to stop the Lord you have to be able to do that when he's passing by so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called then they called the blind man saying to him be of good cheer rise he is calling you now you're already you're already getting the momentum now because you you were so bold you were so strong it's starting to go in your favor now and now the people that were saying initially be quiet we're going to drag you out of here your disturbance of the peace now they're saying oh yeah yep hey we're with him the whole time so uh people that are carnal they can be very very fickle they can they can change so you have to have a very strong walk with the Lord so that emotions don't pull you out of the spirit praise the Lord hallelujah you know people people crying or uh, emotional a lot a lot of people do things that are in the flesh 
and it's not genuine that they they're trying to manipulate or it's in the flesh and you have to stay in the spirit glory to God hallelujah though there can be genuine things where there's uh, we need to respond to sorrow or conditions or even joy but we also we must be able to stay in the spirit praise or not get o- not get over into the emotional realm and now you start losing that that supernatural ability to flow in the spirit praise the Lord so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man saying to him be of good cheer be of good cheer rise he is calling you and throwing aside his garment he rose and came to Jesus so he threw aside his garment and I think in our western culture sometimes we miss the great emphasis of that praise the Lord this was actually what they knew in their society as a beggar's garment you could not legally sit there and beg unless you had a verified authenticated handicap that they had noted and then if that is the case and they verified it now they give you what's called a beggar's garment so you can sit there and beg and it's okay to do that people can give charity to you feeling comfortable knowing that you're not a fraud or a fake you know that you're going to just jump up later and run off because you were faking an injury or something like that so uh, they knew who you were so you had to qualify for a beggar's garment well he throws it completely away that's that's a real step of faith I I do remember when I was in uh, Tampa Bay Florida a few years back that the city officials had determined that the beggars uh, that were standing uh, really out in the middle of the streets when there's stoplights that it was it was very dangerous being you know people had gotten hit and stuff like that so they actually gave official beggar garments it was like a um, like a little jacket thing that you could wear so you could stand there and uh, it had you know it it had color to it so they could see you easier but it was also like a permit that legally allowed you to beg and ask for money so you had to you know like I guess go through a little something in order to get your beggar's garment well I think this is important because if you want to break through to the next level you can't you can't go there with a beggar's garment on you're going to have to get rid of that and I think for a lot of people that is something they they are very comfortable with and this may sound strange but it's true there are some people in wheelchairs bless their hearts that don't want to get out of that wheelchair it has become a friend to them it has become a companion to them uh, it supports them it, it, it becomes a comfort zone for them and they realize if they're going to get healed they're getting up out of that and there are some that don't want to get up out of that there are others that absolutely do not want to give up their parking permit that allows them handicap parking and I'm not trying to be mean I know that this is certainly not for all but this is true for some because I've talked to them and they've told me that they they you know they'd love to be healed but they're not giving up that handicap parking permit and because they want to be able to park at the front of Walmart or at the front of Target and they don't have to want to have to walk 100 feet or 300 feet even if they're healed they don't want to they like they like the perks and benefits that actually come from being handicapped well my friends that's that's a reliance upon a lower system that God doesn't and I can understand that when you've been sick or handicapped for a long time 
It's like a person who hasn't worked for a long time. You, you can lose confidence even in your ability to work. You, you could even think, I don't even know if I can work for four hours. Can I actually even hold up for six hours? I don't even know if I'm capable of doing this. If you haven't worked in a long time, you can actually lose completely your confidence to even work a normal day of, of, of work. So I understand how a, a mental weakness can set in when you have been out of the loop for so long that you don't even know what normal is anymore. So you build these shelters these things that bring you your own world of security. But if you want to break through to the next level, Bartimaeus knew the beggar's garment is going to, it's going to have to go because when you have now, now these are divine encounter moments. You just can't on any day decide to, this is the day I do it. It has to be by the quickening power of the Holy spirit. Because if, if he stands before the Lord and he's thinking you know what? I'm going to keep the beggar's garment that way. If he prays for me and it doesn't work well, I've still got my backup, but he, he knows that when this is something that's universal, anybody knows that when you're going to really go for it and the spirit of God is there, you must take the step of faith. If there's something that would try to hold you back, you already know you can't carry it for him. It's a beggar's garment. For somebody else, it's the parking permit. You can't, it's going to just tear it up. I'm not saying do that unless you're in the spirit and you know this is your moment and you're not going to need it anymore. And that, that's the thing because the fact of the matter is if you have a crowd, 500 people or 1,000 people, and the crowds with Jesus sometimes were in the, uh, really in the tens of thousands. So in crowds of those sizes, if he throws that away, and it doesn't work, he's never going to be able to find that beggar's garment later. So this is a means of his provision. This is a means of his security. This is what allows him to be able to get uh, uh, money donations so he can have food. So he takes all of that and he throws it away. And I really believe that there has to be a shift if you want to go to a new level in your, in your faith, in your thinking. For some of you, in areas that God is calling you to go, you can't go there in shorts and flip-flops. You'll never be welcome to receive there. But, but for some of you, maybe that's all you want to wear, shorts and flip-flops. Uh, Pastor Steve, I'm a, I'm a laid-back, relaxed guy. That's just the way I am. That's, that's fine. And if that's the fullness of your calling, that's cool. But for some, you're called to be here. You're called to go over here into your destiny, and you can't, you can't dress like that in those type of places. Well, I'm not changing. Well, then you, you can't break through. Some things you're going to have to leave. You're going to have to leave if you want to break through and go to your miracle level. Praise the Lord. You know, when Joseph was called out of the prison by Pharaoh, and Pharaoh needed somebody to interpret the dream, when he called Joseph out of prison, Joseph being, being an Israelite, the, the, the Hebrews, they wore beards. It was very much a part of their identity. It was a big part of their manhood. You'll even see in scripture that when some of David's men went to go, you know, kind of like as, as ambassadors on behalf of David to talk with another tribe, 
that those people, uh, they treated, they treated David's men very badly and they shaved off half their beards. And so David's men come back and they were greatly humiliated. Why? Because their beards were shaved off. Well, that, that's a big part of the Hebrew psyche, your beard. It's a big part of, uh, an expression of your manhood. Well, when Joseph was brought out of prison, uh, out of prison, they had him shave very quickly. Everything was done quickly, change of clothing quickly, uh, but he had to shave. Well, no, no, nobody going to shave this beard. This is my identification, brother. I'll go talk to him with the beard stain. No, you cannot break through unless there's a beggar garment that comes off. Now that doesn't mean necessarily that you have a weakness for begging. Now, th- this is just symbolic. This is, this is a real story, but it's got a lot of meaning in it. But Joseph had to lose the beard and lose it quick. But I'm, I'm sure he was like, yeah, let's, let's get a shave. I, I don't mind. But see, the Egyptians did not have beards. They were very clean shaven. And even the Pharaohs, they had their heads shaved. And the truth be told, they also wore makeup. So uh, he's going to be brought into that culture, into this uh, totally different dynamic. And the Lord knows. See, here's something that's very important. The Lord knows that when you're a mature believer, you can go into an environment like that where there's a lot of sin, but you're mature in the Lord and it's not going to affect you. But a lot of young believers, the Lord would never, ever put them in an environment like that. Because why? Because they would be corrupted in an atmosphere like that. That's why Joseph was allowed to come in at that time. He was very mature in his walk with God. Same thing with Daniel. Daniel was in the very court of the, of, of the king of Babylon. And yet he was not corrupted. Why? He's well developed in his walk with God and all of the heathenism and paganism around him will not corrupt him because he's very strong in his walk with God. But even still, Joseph had to shave. He had to have some a change of clothing. Uh, who knows what the clothing looked like? But you know, the bottom line is if you want to go forward and talk to the Lord and you're very serious about God doing this thing in your life, there, there has to be sometimes adjustments, adjustments. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit speaking right now about what some of those, what some of those changes would need to be. And oftentimes they're not, they're not major, but they are something that will be something new for you to come into. Praise the Lord. I'll say this in a day, you'll never know who you may meet. I've learned that. I tell you what, I have learned that, 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 uh, I have to be careful the way I dress. You know, I just can't, you know, walk out and just look like a bum. I, you know, I, and I like to, I, I like to relax at times and stuff like that. And I'm not saying I always walk around in suit and tie because I, I don't do that either. Sometimes I, I dress down a little bit, but I, I can't look like a slob because, you know, I've there, I've had days that I've woke up, I have no ministry scheduled it's technically an off day. This is a day where I can do some free things on my free time, but I've learned just because there's nothing on the calendar doesn't mean that there's nothing on God's calendar. And I would go out thinking it's just a normal day and then end up within just a few hours having to stand before groups and pray and also minister in the Holy Spirit, having no idea any of this was going to unfold, having no idea this stuff just pops up as we say out of the blue. So I've learned, be ready all the time, every day, because you never know who you might meet or what a day holds. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Woo! 
that's that's something that's really sticking in the heart of some of you because you're looking for promotion you're looking for for blessing praise the Lord and your your appearance has a lot to do with the way people perceive your life well pastor Stephen they shouldn't they shouldn't judge a book by the cover you know what they probably shouldn't but they're going to anyhow and people do judge books by their covers which is why the cover needs to be nice it doesn't mean perhaps that that's fair but that is the way that it is praise the Lord hallelujah glory to God so if something needs to come off in order for you to go forward you have to be willing to do that because don't think that you can stand before the Lord with your beggar's garment and you're you're still holding on to your security blanket you're still holding on to your backup plan just in case God can't get the job done but these these are moments of the manifested presence these are the moments when you're having those talks with the Lord and I believe if you're really willing to pay that price and go forward you, you will have dropped it you will have made that adjustment because you're you're more interested in the miracle than you are in any price tag you're just you just want it more than anything else praise God and he wants his sight and he's certainly willing to let go of a dirty old garment even if it's washed every day and it's put in the dryer by somebody with uh, bouncy fluff little you know anti-static sheets and he gets it out and it's soft and fresh and fuzzy every day even if it's even if it's your most comfortable thing he's willing to let it go because he'd rather see he would rather have his miracle and throwing aside his garment he rose and came to Jesus verse 51 so Jesus answered and said to him what do you want me to do for you praise the Lord if you ask the Lord for substandard of what it is that you really desire you're going to get what you ask for you really need to go for the thing that's in your heart you really need to present that to the Lord you really need to be able to say Lord this is what it is I can't hide it this is really what I would like for you to do for me in other words this is not the time for Bartimaeus to say you know what Lord uh, I, I'm bl- I've been blind and I'm having to beg and you know I, I'm not able to trim my fingernails and I would really like somebody to be assigned to me to give me manicures and pedicures because I can't do it because I'm blind uh, that's what I'm asking you for no no asking for what you really want he he wants his eyesight restored well Pastor Stephen that would take a miracle yep you're talking to the miracle worker himself so when you have those moments you go for it because he can do it praise the Lord what do you want me to do for you so that that's really up to you it's really up to you he can he can cash the check for you oh he can write it he's got the power he's got the authority has the ability but there's a key working here one final key we're going to pull out in just a minute the blind man said to him Rabboni that I may receive my sight I'm so glad that he asked for what he really wanted, what he really needed. Some people would say it's excessive. Some people would say you don't need it. And I guess you could live without your sight. Maybe it doesn't mean much to somebody who has it uh, in the the sense that they just used to it. But when you're blind, you're like, this is no fun. You know, when you've walked these shoes and you've had this experience, you're like, no, I want my sight. And so he goes for it and says that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well and immediately he received a sight and followed Jesus on the on the road so just like that he's got it praise the Lord 
and through one encounter with the Lord, you can have it. In the meeting, the, the presence the, of the Lord is manifested real strong. You can walk out. You can walk out with it, even in that meeting. Praise God. Or you can walk out with him having said yes. And within a few days, here it is manifesting. Praise the Lord. Or you could even be at your house alone in private. Just maybe sitting down and reading your Bible, uh, reading your Bible. And here comes the presence. Here comes the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. There is a presence at time that's more, that's, it's there for more than just, you know, that, that peace that, you know, the presence brings the peace of God. It's more than that. There are times he'll talk and he'll talk out of that presence. Just, it, it's just as real as if he came and appeared and you could see him with your eyes and he spoke to you. It's, it's no difference at all. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But my friends, when he's there, you need to, you need to talk to him. Pastor Stephen, why are you, why are you teaching this today? It's a big Bible. You could have taught a lot of stuff. I have a strong suspicion. I have a strong quickening in my spirit that for some of you, the Lord's going to be passing by. Mm. Do not miss him. I can catch the next train, Pastor Stephen. You don't know when the next train's coming. Mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you cannot make the next train appear. So when the Lord is passing by, he is your miracle. Drop everything. Give him your devotion. Give him your full attention. Talk to him. And stay there as long as he wants to be there with you. Just stay there. Enjoy his presence. Just just squeeze everything out of the moment that you can. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Whether whether you need a healing, tell him. You need you need a financial blessing. Tell him. You want an anointing? Ask him. You want the fruit of the Spirit stronger in your life? Ask him. You want the seven spirits of God to be quickened unto you? The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel, whatever it might be. Ask him. Praise God. Ask him what's on your heart. And that's the vital role of the Holy Spirit. He'll help you with the asking. He'll bring it to you. Oh, Pastor Stephen, how do, I, how do I even know that I'll know what to say? What, what if I get, what if I freeze up? No, the, the Holy Spirit, he'll help you. He'll help you. He'll help you. And he'll bring to your attention right at that moment, that thing that is the now thing that God is ready to do in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that have desires, but maybe they have toyed with the beggar's garment for too long. It's very comfortable to them. And they know it means that has to let go. But Father, I ask for your strength, your blessing, even your arrangement of their life, so they can step over into this new thing, such as Bartimaeus seen. Lord, they can step over into this new thing comfortably. I praise you, O God. And I know, Father God, it can be very difficult to let go of something that we have maybe had for years and years and years. For some, perhaps all of their life, physical infirmities and other things. Father, it's so easy to learn to live with something 
and to accommodate something. But yet, yet you promise us wholeness. So Father, we thank you that while faith is high, we ask for the quickening power of your spirit to step into the glory, to step into the fullness of our inheritance, and to step away from anything that it's just time to move out of. We thank you, Father God. It's time for Joseph to move out of the prison. And Father, I'm sure his prison clothes were probably uh, uh, rather comfortable. It's not like you got to dress up while you're in prison, but he had to he had to change those clothing and get cleaned up and get on completely different type of clothing. I even see people, Father, that you're bringing into uh, places of of uh, blessing and places of where your glory is greatly manifested. They'll even even have to change the way they dress. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you that your glory is increasing on the end time church. As a sign and a wonder, we thank you, Father, to draw the lost to Christ. We give you praise, Father God. We thank you that your anointing is flowing right now. Father, prepare your people for visitation. Prepare your people for visitation. For their day and their hour of visitation with the King Himself. Father, I thank you. I speak over your people that they will not miss their visitation. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Glory. I was sitting, I was sitting in the in the living room. Um, excuse me, it was the bedroom of an apartment. Let's go back over 20 years. And I was with my wife. And I was with the two children, our two children, uh, Matthew and Jennifer. And we're sitting in the apartment, just hanging out. Uh, Kelly was sitting on the bed, and the two children were just hanging out somewhere there. And we're sitting there, and it was in the evening. We're getting ready for bed. We're kind of just kind of all talking in the one room before everybody goes to their different rooms. The kids go to their rooms. And while we're talking and just kind of laughing, Suddenly the Holy Spirit fell on me, completely unexpected. He fell on me and I began to laugh. They couldn't understand why I was laughing. And uh, they thought maybe I was just laughing because, you know, we were just having a fun time. But I just began to laugh and laugh and laugh in the Spirit. And then the Lord began to speak to me about, about Matthew and Jennifer. He supernaturally began to tell me what he thought of them and how much he loved them and showed me certain things about their lives. And I, I began to share a little bit and they, they're like, hey, are you just talking or like, then they realized, wait a minute, he's, he's speaking under the anointing. And, and then the Lord's presence was there. Praise God. But my friends, you never know. I mean, uh, the Lord can come right when you're having a family time together. God, God loves the family. Praise the Lord. God loves the family. Hallelujah. So he's coming. Get ready. You know, a lot of people talk about the Lord's second coming and he is coming. I love studying end time events or as the theologians call it eschatology, the study of the end times. But before he comes, there is the coming of his presence, the preparation of his people, that the bride of Christ would not have spot or wrinkle or any type of blemish. I mean, I'm telling you, God's getting these people ready. 
God is moving his people in the righteousness and in the holiness, and God is moving his people in the prosperity and in the health and in the blessing. He's getting this church ready. But this initial, before the second coming, there is the initial coming of the Lord's just his presence getting stronger and stronger. So I just see great visitations of the Lord coming, talking to you out of his presence. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Counseling you. See, there's a spirit of counsel, the Holy Spirit of counsel. And the Lord can come and counsel you and talk to you about the things that you need to do in your life. He'll help you put your life in divine order. Praise the Lord. You know that most ministers live their life out, that they live their lives out, they live their ministry out, and they never even get past the first phase of ministry. That's something that Kenneth Hagin said that Jesus told him. Prophet Kenneth Hagin had a vision, and Jesus came to him, and in the vision said that most ministers never get past the first phase of ministry. He said, actually, most of them live their lives out and they die in the first phase of ministry. But every minister that's truly called by Jesus into the ministry, full-time ministry has four phases of ministry that they will go through. But Jesus told brother Hagen in a vision that most ministers never get, even get out of the first phase. Why? They, they don't know what to do. They don't have the guidance or the, the direction or the counsel. That's why, that's why you need encounters with the Lord. That's why you need the Lord to help you to, to go the right path, to follow the right direction. Oh, praise God forever. I had the Lord Jesus come to me last year. He appeared to me in a vision, and he said some very, very precious things to me. A, a few of them, again, I, I couldn't share. But he, he, he told me, he said, you have now come into the third phase of your ministry. And there's only four phases of any man's or woman's uh, ministry while they're on the earth. Even if you have a ministry of 50 or 60 years, you still, you only have four phases of your ministry. And the Lord told me, you've now come into the third phase of your ministry. Praise God. So I'm going to keep on going because eventually there'll be a, a final phase. But my friends, we must, we must make room for the Lord when he passes by. Take advantage of that situation. Uh, apprehend the Lord and apprehend ourselves. Come before the Lord. Be willing to let go of any old habits or mannerisms in order to move into the new and then receive your miracle and walk in it for the glory of God. I really feel your faith is there. Jesus told him, he said to Bartimaeus, he said, your faith has made you well. I've, I really feel your faith is there. I just want to get you ready for the encounter. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people. We thank you. We thank you that you still visit your people. We give you praise in Jesus name. The Lord's going to be coming to many of you talking about the next move of God's spirit, your role to play, your part to play, your preparation needed. He's going to be talking about coming revival, coming glory, and your, your, your place in that. Okay. Be ready for the talk. Praise God. Let's take communion. Praise God. These things of the Lord are very, very real. These things are very, very real. Hallelujah. They are in many ways essential for us to fulfill the assignments and callings 
that God has for our lives, we must be able to hear from God and receive directions from Jesus, the head of the church. There's one thing about the Lord that's on him so heavy. Jesus is the absolute sovereign head of the church. He's over the entire church in the earth, the church in heaven. He's over the whole body of Christ. Every apostle, prophet, bishop, pope, you know, head of this assembly or that assembly, every church leader and official, we all reverence, look up to him and worship to him. All instruction comes from him. And the moment you ever meet the Lord, you know, wow, he's the one. Everybody bows the knee to him. He's sovereign. (laughs) In other words, he has the assignment. He has the direction. He has the purpose for you. And he knows exactly what you're supposed to do. And he is the commander that gives you, you, your personal assignment for your life's destiny and purpose. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when he gives authority, because authority comes from heaven, it comes from God. When he gives it, you have it. When he anoints, you're anointed. When he empowers, you have power. It all comes from him. Glory to God. No, nobody could have anything if it didn't come from the Lord. Every gift, every anointing, we give God praise. He is a good giver of gifts. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the communion today. We thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it. We bless it. We thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, it's a special day. We just give you praise. There's, there's a shift. There's an opening. And we are going through. We thank you, Father God. You take us from glory to glory. It's going to get really, really good. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We receive the body of Christ now. We thank you for your grace. We will not ever miss a visitation. Thank you, Father. We receive now. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that this is a daily walk that we have with you. We thank you, Father, it's a daily walk. So each day and today, we just give you our best. We give you our attention, our allegiance, our loyalty. We give you our our devotion and our time so that we may be spiritual and that we may be able to respond we thank you, Father. We put you first continually. And Father, with great joy and reverence, we now receive the blood of our Savior, Jesus. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Stay prayed up. Stay prayed up. Walk with the Lord. Great things are happening. This is the time, my friends, to give God your all. Give God your very best. Because things, let me say it like this, the pace is picking up quickly. Get ready for your visitation. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.